Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I think that once you feel really good and then you backpedal to feeling crappy again, your hormones feel out of whack, your periods are really bad, you keep getting sick, it makes you that much more driven to be more disciplined to feel good again. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our community. Luckily, I still sound pretty okay. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I am sick. I'm recording this literally the same day you're listening to it, but I sound pretty okay. And I am pretty okay. Like, to be honest, it's almost frustrating that I, it's like I feel too shitty to like get up, do my routine workout, but I feel good enough to record. So I'm just kind of like in this weird place where I'm like, I sound okay, but I feel like shit. And should I be doing more? I don't know. A weird place to be, but I am trying to rest as much as I can and come back on top. But we will be talking about all of this. So let's get into what's in alignment and out of alignment for this week, and you guys reflect on your weeks as well. Let's get started. So I would say in alignment for me this week is Run Club started. So last week we did Run Club. We started it back up again. I just decided, okay, I need some help with this. So I recruited, I did like a whole survey with everyone that's in the Instagram chat. Feel free to join even if you can't, you know, if you're not sure you're ever even going to be able to join one of the runs or you only want to once in a while, feel free to join the chat just so you're up to date with when runs are happening. We've had some brands reach out that want to sponsor our runs, give us free coffee, free, you know, discounts on running clothes and all this stuff. And I just honestly didn't have the bandwidth. So now I have some girls helping. I, a bunch of people wanted nighttime runs and I was like, well, I work till seven, so I can't really do that. So I needed to have some people who did want to go on the nighttime runs coordinate those. So we're way more organized now and it was just fun to in like 30 degree weather, rainy day, still have a bunch of us show up and go for a run together and we're all training for some of the same races. So it's just fun to connect on it and have like dedicated time every week to talk about your training and like with people who get it and it just makes the run fly by and it's a great way to start the morning off the screen outside. So I'm really happy about that. What's out of alignment, obviously, is I'm sick, but also just like, to be completely honest, I'm in such a bad mood because January, it's not even February yet, and I've been sick twice. I started the new year hungover. The following week, I got COVID. Following week, I had my period really badly, and now I'm sick. So it's been just like 
a really rough start to the year for me. And I think if I really think about it, oh, also like my periods have been so bad. And I think that just means my hormones are imbalanced again. And I need to go back to prioritizing that. I think a huge thing I've been doing and slacking off on is having coffee before I eat in the morning, drinking coffee like first thing in the morning, something that feels so small, but definitely throws your hormones out of whack. It like triggers your stress hormones first thing in the morning. I have fallen off my seed cycling. There's just a lot of things, you know, taking fish oil, magnesium leading up to my period. There's all these things I know how to do, but I just have totally fallen off of. So that's kind of what this episode is going to be about, like a health reset, new research, And we'll get into that in a sec, but let's breathe in what's in alignment for us this week and breathe out what's out of alignment for us this week. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. <sighs> and please leave a review if you have not yet on Apple Podcasts or leave a five-star rating if you love this podcast on Spotify. It helps me out so much. But let's get into the meat of this episode. So... My word of the year is intention, and I think this fully falls into that in terms of I want to move more intentionally with my wellness routine, and I think I'm always, always prioritizing wellness. I think a huge part of last year was just like half marathon training, and it might have kind of thrown me off my hormone game, and I think my anxiety has gotten really heightened from work, I'm not going to lie, and so I think I need to be more intentional about my routines, and That might look like changing my hours at work. You know, my company is based in LA and Austin, so I work a little later hours, but I know they would be open to me working a little earlier, so maybe that's something I'll look into. I'm sorry if I sound a little sick, but hopefully it's like a sticky, sticky shoes moment and it sounds kind of cute, but I personally hate hearing people sniffle in my ears, so I will try my hardest not to, but I digress. But basically, I just want to get more serious about my wellness routines that I've slacked off on because even with the things I do implement, I would say that my stress and my sleep are the two most important things for hormone health, overall well-being, mental health, and those are the two things that I feel are off my rocker a little bit. So I just need to get a little more strict about things for my hormone health, stress, and sleep that I've kind of let fall to the wayside. I think that once you feel really good, and you, you experience how all these routines and wellnessy things can make you feel really good and energetic and strong. And then you backpedal to feeling crappy again. Your hormones feel out of whack. Your periods are really bad. You keep getting sick. All these things I'm experiencing. It makes you that much more driven to be more disciplined to feel good again. Because I think people who don't understand why people are so strict about wellness and their routines and all the things have probably never experienced the energy and all the positive effects of it. And as someone who feels like I'm really digressing, what is cool is ever since I got off birth control, I do feel so much more in touch with my body. Like it is so clear to me to be like, oh, I keep getting sick. My periods are really bad. I can tell in my body right now, my hormones are out of whack and I have not been sleeping well. And like, it's just so much easier for me to pinpoint what's off and get back on track. Whereas when I was on birth control, I felt like I 
couldn't listen to my body. I didn't know what was going on. I felt so disconnected from my body. And that is why I went off birth control. But to see the clear difference, it's it's such a cool experience. So I'm grateful that I am able to be like, okay, something's off. These are the things that are off. Let's get back on track. And so that's kind of what this episode's going to be about. Like all the things I'm going to do to get back on track and all the research I've done since yesterday with Huberman to relay it to you guys. So I'm kicking it into gear. And if I'm going to be training for big races this year, still having a full-time job in side hustles, dealing with wedding anxiety and family dynamics, my health and wellness need to be an absolute number one priority. And that's where my word of the year intention comes in to my wellness routine. So let's get into it. So yesterday when I was like, okay, these are the things that are off. Let me kind of go back in and get more like re-inspired and get more research and kind of be able to pinpoint things that I haven't been doing right or just more things to implement to help me get back on track with my stress and my sleep. So I listened to Andrew Huberman on the Skinny Confidential podcast part one. I did a lot more research into Huberman's work and he says that sleep is the foundation of mental health, physical health, and performance. So some people need more sleep, some people need less, but everyone should prioritize getting quality sleep for sufficient duration for at least 80% of the sleeps of their life. That is a lot. And that is how you're going to live your best life. He always says like, if there's one question that I could answer, it would be about sleep because that is the foundation to everything else. And that is something Ethan and I have heavily been struggling with. Now, since doing a lot of research, I think we realized it's mainly, I mean, from this research we realized, I would say the one thing I'll pinpoint is our room is so hot and it's bizarre because it's the coldest time of the year and it should be the coldest in our room. But for some reason, in our apartment in New York City, we cannot get the room cold. We have tried windows open. We have tried every setting on the AC unit. Like we have tried everything. The insulation or something is just off in that room. And we're going to do everything we can to fix it, but it's really messing with us. So unfortunately, that's something we have to kind of figure out. And it's definitely something that leads me to want to move somewhere that is not right in Manhattan because to be honest, it's like a whole nother podcast, but I don't think it'll be this year, probably next year. We are going to get to a point where we're kind of like, you know what? We're, we still want to live near New York City or I do. Like I still want to live near Manhattan and be able to maintain my life here. But to be able to go home to somewhere that's a little more peaceful down the line that looks like, you know, upstate New York, but more like closer to, you know, while we're still in our 20s and either newly married or maybe not even married yet. I don't know when we'll move, but somewhere, whether it's Brooklyn, uh, Hoboken, Jersey City, somewhere where it's like a quick subway into Manhattan, you can still maintain your lifestyle, but you get to go home to a more residential calming area and get a lot more for your money in terms of your space. And I think we're going to want to live in like, you know, we're in a pre-war walk up in Chelsea and that's such a cool experience and we have such a good life here. Like we're near West Side Highway and Chelsea Piers and all of these things, but like eventually we're going to need to start a new life somewhere more residential that's more calming and also where we can live in a luxury building that's, you know, the AC unit and everything just works perfectly. So that'll be coming to a moving vlog near you on YouTube in the next two years for sure. Not sure how I went on that tangent. Let's get into the biggest sleep inhibitors. So these are all things I've learned through Andrew Huberman. These are four things that are the biggest factors in making your quality of sleep 
zero percent. So drinking caffeine after two or three p.m. So he says that even if you're able to fall asleep, your quality of sleep, if you are drinking caffeine after two or three p.m., is significantly worse. Fuck. (laughs) So I typically try not to do this. This is something I definitely knew about. But these reminders are so helpful because I'd be lying if I said I haven't recently like just had some coffee at 1.30 or 2 and been like, uh, whatever. But getting the reminder and all the information and research from him, it's like, okay, even if I'm able to fall asleep and can justify it, the quality of sleep, 10 times worse. So something to keep in mind. Next, too much bright light of any color between 10 p.m. and 4 a.m. So light is an inhibitor of your natural melatonin. So He says that if you are going to look at a screen, it's actually better in a dimly lit room than a really dark room because it's that contrast of the bright screen and the dark lighting. So try to keep the lights like low and dim. You can dim the screens too. But he also says candlelight and fireplace is actually fine. So another thing to keep in mind. And then this is what I was mentioning before. Our biggest sleep inhibitor for sure is keeping sleep environment too warm. So you're going to wake up if it's too warm. If you find that like your leg or your foot is popping out of your comforter, that is your body trying to get cooled off throughout the night, whether you are awake and aware of it or not. It's a big signal and indicator that your room is not cool enough. So if your room is too warm, even if you don't realize that that's happening, like your body's naturally trying to get out of the covers throughout the night, that means that your body is not reaching its deepest sleep. And then lastly, he mentions that you are most alert one hour before bed. So you'll notice that like right before bed, you're suddenly going to want to do the dishes and like do all this stuff. He says to use this as an indicator and information to figure out what your body's natural bedtime is. So there's a big peak in alertness right before your body's natural bedtime. So if your natural rise of melatonin was at 8 p.m. and then you went to bed at 9.30 p.m., you're going to end up get like waking up a few hours later because your body's like circadian rhythm is just off. So try to figure out when you're most alert at night and figure out to when your body's natural bedtime is. It's typically an hour later and that's the time that you're going to want to go to bed because you're going to get your full eight hours of sleep because your body's like naturally ready to hit the bed. So get into bed a little earlier than you usually do and that will help. That's something that Ethan's been doing lately. He goes to bed at like, he's in bed by 9.30. He's typically not asleep until 10, but like he's in bed reading at like 9.15, 9.30. I did that with him last night and it was really nice. I was falling asleep before 10.30 and I think that's something I really need to try to do. It's very hard for me because I end work at 7. So to be winded down and ready for bed at 9 after cooking, cleaning, all the things, it's really not possible for me. I did it last night, but it's also because I'm sick and like just wasn't really working doing my side hustle stuff at night and I didn't have to clean, I mean cook because Ethan cooked for me. So it was an off night, but I don't know. I'm starting to think like maybe I should change my work hours to earlier in the day so that I can get tired and ready for bed earlier in the night and then wake up super early. So something to think about. But let's get into the second part of this, which is things to do early in the day that can help you sleep. So when you wake up in the morning, if it is still dark outside, he says to flip on as many bright lights in the house as you can to wake up your system and get that rhythm going. So on that note, he also says once the sun is out, get outside and spend 10 to 30 minutes outside without sunglasses, 
not through a window, looking at the sunlight through a window is not the same thing. Getting outside sends a signal to the brain that sets the timer of your melatonin release to hit 12 to 16 hours later. So it's setting up your time to go to sleep. Once you get outside, it's almost like your body's rhythm starts, the clock starts, and your melatonin release will come 12 to 16 hours later, and you will get on a really good rhythm to get to bed. So this is something, again, New York City really makes it hard because I wish I had a balcony or something where I could just like sit outside and kind of have my coffee outside my backyard. I wish it was easy. I mean, I could just like go walk around the block, but you know, like you're in pajamas. You don't really want to go down six flights of stairs and go walk outside in Manhattan. Like it would be nice to be able to just kind of sit on your balcony or something. I do have a roof, so I could try to kind of implement that. I, I don't believe in excuses, so I will figure something out. But if you are someone who does not live in Manhattan and have the same issue as me, or you do have a balcony, that would be a great way to just kind of like move your co- morning coffee routine or your morning meditation on your balcony. I would say that's like the biggest game changer and something that I would implement today. I think something I'm going to have to do is once it's nicer out, my friend Gina, if you're listening, hey Gina, she, when it's nice out, actually does her morning meditations outside. She'll like go for a walk. Granted, she doesn't have the same work schedule as me, but a lot of the times, you know, she's a workout instructor now, so her schedule is even earlier than mine. Um, So I wonder if she'll still do this, but it would be a great thing to kind of just go for your morning walk with your coffee and sit down and do a meditation on the West Side Highway. That would definitely be great. I don't know if I'll have the time, but, you know, we can always make the time. So I just think I need to like kind of switch up my routine, maybe have coffee on the roof with Ethan. I don't know. Something to talk to him about. Andrew Huberman says, if you stay inside, you're actually jet lagging yourself. And I'm so guilty of this. If I don't work out or run in the morning, I'm staying inside. I end up sitting here all day. And he's basically saying that you delay your circadian clock, which makes it harder to fall or stay asleep. If you're just inside all day long, no sunlight, no natural, you know, sun to indicate to your body like, oh, it's morning now. And in 12 to 16 hours, it'll be night. Like when you're staying inside, you're just kind of throwing the whole natural system off. So if it's cloudy, he says still get outside. There's still lots of photons and, you know, far more than what you'll get from being inside. Another thing that can help that I probably won't be implementing because it's just really not my thing. Love an ice bath. Don't love a cold shower. I find it to be 10 times harder because your entire body isn't submerged. But anyway, he says that your body will heat up in response to a cold shower, which will in turn wake you up and get that circadian clock going. So next thing to do early in the day to help sleep. Essentially, he says that waking up and reaching for caffeine in the morning is bad. So if you immediately drink caffeine, you're going to be blocking the actions of adenosine, adenosine, I don't know how to pronounce it, but but basically what that does, it's going to lead to you crashing earlier in the day and something you might do is grab for another cup of coffee, which then ruins your quality of sleep. So basically it's kind of like waking up your system almost too early and again, throwing off the natural cycle of your clock. So What are we supposed to do instead? I'm really going to try to be better about this. I'm going to like literally sit down with a pen and paper with all of this and draw out my perfect morning routine. And that is something that I'm, you know, going to be fluid about, intuitive about. I'm not someone who's just going to draw out a routine and expect myself to follow every single, you know, point that it's supposed to hit. But you figure out what works for you and what doesn't. And I think all of these things are so important to wellness and there's so many 
ways to get creative. Like I said, the balcony, the roof, going for a walk, meditating outside. Like maybe you don't make your coffee at home and you go walk to get your coffee and that's how you, you know, get your sunlight in the morning. There's so many ways to get creative, to habit stack, to hit all of these points. And I think when I say I want to sit down with a pen and paper, it's just to figure out like, how can I realistically set myself up for success? What are habits I already do that I can kind of habit stack onto it with all of these points? But anyway, that could be a whole separate video that I will probably make on YouTube. I will probably do like Huberman's sleep routine something. I'll I'll figure out a, a way to weave this into my YouTube video because that holds me accountable personally. But anyway, basically he says you should be waking up and hydrating first thing. Salt in your water would be great for electrolytes and you should really be delaying caffeine intake for one and a half hours to two hours every morning. And he says you could start by just pushing it 15 minutes later per day until you get to that point. Really anything you can do to delay your caffeine intake, it's going to prevent your afternoon crash, prevent extra caffeine and help your sleep. And then lastly, he makes an interesting point about cortisol. Cortisol released early in the day is actually a good thing. Cortisol being raised at the wrong times is where it's a bad thing. If your cortisol increase is shifted into the evening, for example, you're indoors all day, you wake up, you get to work all while you're working from home, and then you get your bright light and your exercise all in in the afternoon, this shift actually predicts depression and we're designed to get up around sunlight. So if you're shifting your design naturally into the evening, essentially everything's going to flip on its head and you're getting cortisol at the wrong times, which is going to increase anxiety, make you get poor sleep, which then can predict depression. So as much bright light and sunlight that you can get in the morning and throughout the day as possible is a great thing. And limiting lights and dimming between 10 p.m. to 4 a.m., He says everyone will benefit from just that, from getting your light and dimming your light at the right time. So that's like such an easy shift, but something that we can all easily just get too comfortable and not do. We are on our screens all night. We keep our lights on too bright at night. We wake up and kind of just like stay inside in the morning. Like it's so easy to fall off of these things, but it's also so easy and free to just make these shifts. Lastly, I did some research on stress, but I do think this can be an entirely different episode. But I did just want to mention a few things because it's something that I'm focusing on. So some stress supporters, when you're sleeping well, eating well, when you have positive supportive relationships in your life and you feel super connected to other people, your stress levels go down. That human connection is huge. And then he also says just something for like stress relief in the moment. You know, when people say like, take a deep breath. Stop giving that advice because actually your heart rate speeds up. When you take a huge breath in, your heart rate speeds up. When you breathe out, it slows down. So don't take a deep breath when you're stressed. Breathe in through the nose really like calmly and then breathe out through your mouth until you're fully empty and that is going to slow your heart rate down. So I like breathe out as long as possible and it does help. So that's like a little tip for in the moment. But I will eventually come back with a perfected routine of what works for me so I could set myself up for success with all of these things. I will do a YouTube video on it. I will do all of the things. Please DM me if there's any way that you guys feel you're able to implement all of these things. I wanted to make this a full YouTube video, but I'll have to film a separate one on YouTube for this because I'm sick and I just was not going to be on camera today. So this is an audio only episode. Should have said that earlier in the episode, but let me know if you like these like quick wellnessy coffee chat episodes because I personally love 
recording them and it looks by the numbers that you guys love them. So let me know any feedback you have. Let me know if there's anything that's been helping you implement any of these things, whether you used to have caffeine in the morning and now you've delayed it or how you started waking up earlier to help with that delay or any of the sunlight. If you're in New York City, helping me out with that. And I will relay all of it on my Instagram story. I will block out your name. Don't worry. But love you guys so much. Let's kick ass this year. We're going to reboot our health and wellness this year. And I'm excited about it. And I can't wait to fucking feel better. (laughs) Anyway, love you all. See you next week.